Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Thursday, April 2nd, episode uh, 132. It is, Zach, it's been a while, but we're back. We are. We are. Glad to be back. This is the first episode since the uh, regular season ended. I think we did maybe, you and Matt did one for the first round of the playoffs, uh, but it's been a while since uh, we recorded from these mics and uh, published this to our league. How have you been, Zach? Been doing all right. How about you? Good. How, uh, how's the quarantine treating you? I know, so right now, we'll talk about this later, but COVID-19, everyone's on lockdown. Everyone's at home. You are stuck at the house with a four-year-old, right? Yes, and uh, I have braved the grocery store. Um, have you done that yet? Multiple times. Yes, so I have been to the grocery store, um, and we have done a couple sessions, you know, staying. Luckily, we don't have to be close to people for that, um, but that's about it. Basically, we're at, we're at uh, our house. Yeah, so this is like unprecedented time, uh, not only for us, but for, you know, the, the U.S. And like, this is like a worldwide thing. So I, no one really knows what we're doing or what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, but everyone's supposed to stay at home. And so this is kind of the easiest time to record a podcast. And I was going to say, this is, this is weird for a lot of people, like this whole work from home and doing things from home. But you and I, this is how we've done the majority of these podcasts is remotely. So this is not going to be anything strange for us. Yes. And what's painful is we've used Zoom for a long time. And uh, we should have known to buy stock in Zoom when all this started. But we did not. So uh, I think I saw something where Zoom stock was $75 in January. Now it's like 150 plus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Zoom is booming right now. It is. There, there are several industries right now that are totally booming for kind of, you know, gross reasons. But I mean, I guess, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Yep. All right, Zach, it's been a while, but let's take our first trip around the league around CMB in quite some time. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, let's go back to last season and, you know, go ahead and we'll talk about how the season ended, the playoffs ended, and I'll let you just run with this segment because – this is, uh, you know, I'm sure you would want, you would want to take this one over. With with just us winning it, or do you want yeah. me to all of them? Uh, go ahead. I mean, talk about H and F. Which how many championships is this now? I really don't know um, how many this is, but uh, this one was definitely sweet. Um, so, you know, I thought Kevin was going to have a, a Cinderella story there in the first round, and you know what? Actually, in fact, I have. Some interesting stats um, given the first round of the the league. I just remember this. I'm pulling up these notes on the fly. This is very much on the fly. Um, so since since the league expanded to 14 teams in 2007 in our league, would you like to know how many times the eight seed has beaten the one seed? Three times. Three times. Oh, so wow. the, no, 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 no. The answer is 50% of the time. Oh, so it happens a lot. It happens a lot in our league. It's fantasy football. You know, anything can happen, like we say all the time. The eight seed has beaten the one seed 50% of the time. Now, since we won, uh, we beat Kevin this year, that has changed. But before that, that victory, that was the case. So 50% of the time. And when the first seed survived the first round, that first round, they went on to win the title every time except for once. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so you got to get past that first round. You've got a great shot if you're the one seed. 
that first uh, stat truly is 50 50 like to, totally random yes. and the next one is kind of like all right that they had a good roster they had a good right. they had a good squad yes yes and then uh i had a couple more things here it said um the person with the most players in our league in the top 25 overall for the season was would you like to guess uh ecw ryan risher dragon energy he had three players in the top 25 overall he had winston uh godwin and zeke and i don't and that's just incredible to me i mean ryan risher our ice bucket winner yes our ice bucket winner had the most players in the top 25 overall and that's incredible um so and let's see here i was just looking to see that's pretty much it i got some more stuff we can maybe do a a big end of the season you know a bunch of stats and stuff but i just wanted to point those out you know about the the end of the the league and we did win so um so we were excited about that but uh moving on to the extra life the super bowl pick them and pace do you remember who you picked uh the ravens i believe you did you picked the ravens and i was going back through this i thought another team had won the uh, super bowl pick until i looked at this uh, i'm just going to quickly run down the list of everybody that that texted and replied back which I, we really appreciate you guys doing that by the way um jay myrick picked the ravens to beat the saints carver and chase picked the saints over the ravens and uh, matt collins pick the Titans to beat the Saints, which at the time, you know, before the playoffs started, you know, it was kind of, uh, you didn't think that was even possible. But he also gave these great stats. He said Henry would win the MVP after going for 25 carries, 174 yards, and three touchdowns. Ryan Dude, that was, not, that was not unlikely. I know. That's what was <laughs> crazy. I remember us talking about that, like, dude, this could happen, you know. He has yeah. Tannehill going 18 for 24 for 248 and two touchdowns. And then Kevin Byard has a late interception off of Taysom Hill to seal the game on a, tri- a Saints trick play is what he had. That is the most thorough prediction I think I've ever seen. I know. And it, it was looking possible, you know, except for the Saints right. losing in the first round. Greg picked the uh, Saints or the Ravens to beat the Saints. Jake picked the Saints to beat the Ravens. And let's see, Ross texted he picked the Ravens to beat the Saints. And uh, we picked the Saints to beat the Ravens. So you see there's a common theme here with the, the Ravens. That's incredible. But, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that, I mean, that's just – it's amazing that there weren't that many – like the, there wasn't a lot of variance in, in the picks. I guess they were the favorites going into the playoffs, but both teams were eliminated in their first game in the playoffs. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, Matt Collins was the only one to pick the Titans, which was kind of out of the norm. Uh, but we had two teams – who actually had the Chiefs in there. And uh, one was John Nichols, who at this point I thought he was the only one that had uh, sent in the Chiefs. And he has the 49ers beating the Chiefs, uh, 28 to 24. But Kevin White has Kansas City beating New Orleans, 44 to 38. So I believe that that would make Kevin White our Super Bowl Extra Life uh, champion. Isn't that right? Yeah, congrats to Kevin. He's got, got the winning team. With the correct team. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, congratulations to Kevin. You will get an extra life when we do the, uh, the draft selection uh, coming up. And then the league pick them winner. Man, it's been so long. Who was it? Do you remember, Pace? Uh, I want to say it was either Suggs or Jeff Gaw. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right now because uh, I thought I had it written down. 
I, I want to say it was Jeff Gall. It was Jeff Gall with 63 total points beating Reed with 55. Greg Coe came in ah. third with 54. So that's your top three, Jeff, Reed, and Greg. So congratulations to uh, Techno Power Runners. They will also get an extra life when we – or actually they get the first selection, right? That's what they get, first selection. I, I think so, yeah. I mean, yep. who knows if we even have a draft. We'll talk about that later, but with right. COVID-19 – People are saying that events even that far out into August might get pushed back. We'll see. Yep, we will see. But those are your uh, three winners from those contests. So congratulations to those guys. All right, Zach, let's kind of wrap up. Not wrap up, but let's let's continue our recap of, of last season, of the 2019-2020 fantasy season. And let's look at you, – you came up with some team awards, and these are the teams in CMB. These are awards. Kind of Describe what, what we're doing here with this segment. I just wanted to mention one good move each team made throughout the season. So I want us to just kind of highlight one thing that we thought that they was one of their kind of big moments, you know, that I, that they did well. So maybe not like a superlative, but like a highlight. Yeah. If you got a superlative, that's okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to bring up something that I thought that you did well. All right. A let's good, start. A good move on your part. Do you want to go you know, the ranking of how the, the season finished? Uh, yeah, with the teams finished. That's fun. That's fun. All right, start from the top. So obviously for us, um, it doesn't get much better than drafting McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. I think that that's a given. Those two guys were the number one and number two player in uh, fantasy. So uh, it would have been a huge, huge upset if we did not win the championship. Just getting that lucky drafting those guys. But besides the obvious, I put when we picked up uh, Tyler Higby off a of free agency. We got him for free to fill the tight end void for us. Um, I think that was a difference maker for us. We had a decent, we had a good team, but we really were hurting at tight end. And we got Higby, and I don't know if you you noticed, but that guy went off uh, for like the last four weeks of the season. All right, and then your second place team, ECW. Man, ECW, it's easy. They. Uh, Everybody knows they drafted in New England in round 18 and ended up as the, the number one DST. It doesn't get much better than that. And what was amazing about New England, too, is, I mean, that they really – I've never seen this happen before, but a DST carried their team for the first, you know, three quarters of the season. Yes. And then when, when New England's defense dropped off, it was the last two to three weeks of the regular season and the playoffs, of course, and it was too late. It didn't matter for ECW. All of the productivity they had – you know, happened when it counted and, and really, I think they were in first and second place throughout most of the year. Yep. Yes. It was, that was unbelievable. That was, we will always remember that new England DST right there. Your third place team, Greg Co. Greg Co. I put him drafting uh, Russell Wilson in, in round seven ended up as a QB three. So uh, that was, that's I mean, great value for Greg there. Um, and then the other thing I kind of hit on and his IDPs that he drafted, all of his drafted IDPs ended up in the top 10 in their categories. So all of his drafted IDPs, he didn't even need to pick up anybody. All the guys he, he drafted were studs and were in the top 10. That's, that's impressive. And the Tecmo Power Runners who always, I mean, analytics is always behind their game. They always make wise moves. I'll be curious what you think about Jeff and Rob and the best move they made this year. I just, I mean, just their drafting. Um, they're always, you know, them and IDPs always have good drafts. They don't have to make a ton of moves. But for Tecmo, drafting um, 
Hill, Tyreek Hill and Dalvin Cook and Sean Watson, one, two, three, that's about as good as you can do, in my opinion. So I was looking at their draft and I just thought, you know, that was that was three home runs in a row right there for them. That's about as as good as you can hope for. And IDP still suck, Jacob and Jay. I've got them. Um, you know, their drafting is always great. They don't make a lot of moves. Team, team management's great. Um, but they got Dak in round 10, who ended up as the QB2 in our league, right behind Lamar Jackson. So, um, for them, just their team management and, and drafting is always is, uh, really good. And your co-host, Pace in your face. Pace is all aboard the Austin Eckler bandwagon, aren't you, right? Got to be for this upcoming season. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lifer for uh, no, for sure after that season. Uh, the dude ended up – I don't even remember which round you got him. Ended up as run the fourth best running back in our league ahead of Derrick Henry, and he didn't even start the whole season, you know? Yeah, uh, and it was, a, it was a gamble move because I think he was my first running back selected. And at the time of the draft, as you all remember, no one really knew how the backfield was going to look if Melvin yes. Gordon was going to play to start the season if he wasn't. So it was kind of a gamble pick. Yeah, so I got you whenever you drafted Eckler. Maybe it was like round six, seven, I don't know. But that guy was unbelievable. Um, I fully expect you to draft him or acquire him at some point in this upcoming season. Yeah, so Eckler signed a multi-year deal uh, with Melvin Gordon, Gordon leaving town. So he's the number one back with the Chargers now. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, the number seven team, Kevin White. Kevin, you know, I was looking at his team – and uh, the one thing that stuck out to me about Kevin's team was, I don't know what he was doing. You know, maybe he put him, uh, he put up Mahomes on the prayer list. I'm not sure. Lifting up Mahomes in prayer, but that comeback from the knee injury was unbelievable. So the 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 luck that Kevin had with his quarterbacks, he kind of had a little bit of a quarterback carousel this year with Mahomes and Breeze, and kind of, you know, having two uh, studs. So uh, I thought that that kind of worked out for him. You'd like to cash in one of those at some point, but given the injuries, uh, Mahomes coming through, uh, that's that's what I remember from from Kevin. So good, lucky quarterback management, I guess you could say. And the last team to sneak into the playoffs, number eight, Kemp's crew, Jake Stanifer. Right, I'm. I give Jake the Rags to Riches award. Um, if you look at his team, the team that he drafted, he was seriously in trouble. And I think you can say that a lot for a lot of people too, but Jake was really, really good this year um, on the wire, wheeling and dealing, making trades and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, just really impressive if you, if you were to pull up his roster from what he started with to uh, what he ended with. So he did, he did a really good job. All right. And then next up, Chase and Carver with, uh, are we still calling them big orange bullies? I guess. Even though, you know, Carver is a Vandy fan, it's kind of, I don't wow. know, yeah. kind of awkward. That is, yeah. But uh, I thought that the big move that they made was they traded. We we wanted Josh Gordon again, again. And uh, we got Josh Gordon from them, and we gave them Jarvis Landry. And from that point on, Jarvis Landry went off. I don't know if you remember, but uh, he ended up as the 13th best wide receiver. And we know – where Josh Gordon ended up. Um, so I thought that was a great move for them. That guy was a, uh, a PPR stud from that point, catching a lot of passes. So that was a great move for them. All right, next up, Jordan Iwanison. Yes, Jordan Iwanison picked up Ryan Tannehill 
off a of free agency and dropped Mariota uh, on October 16th. And at that point, you know, you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just, just kind of a move that you just saw. But, man, did Tannehill go off, and he was a stud after that point. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was easily Jordan I's, I want his best move of the year. And you can't blame the rest of the league. Like, you know, having a Titans quarterback in fantasy has not really been relevant since, like, Billy Volek in 2004, 2005. So I, I don't blame anybody else for not spending any money on Tannehill and, and jumping on that bandwagon. I know we're yeah. a Titans-heavy league because we live here in Tennessee, but uh, good on you, Jordan. Good pick. Yep. yep. All right, next up, the West Coast Wombats, Matt and Courtney. When they drafted Derrick Henry, I don't know if anybody really expected him to kind of repeat what he had done in the previous second half of the season, how he ended the season. But, man, did he ever – they got him in round three, ended up being the fifth best ov- uh, overall running back, which is kind of – I think that's a little bit low. I was shocked to see that Eckler was ahead of him. But, man, uh, getting Henry in round three was a great, great value, get, making sure that uh, you're locking up that position, ending up with the, the fifth best running back. Yeah, and it really for them, it really was like a slow and steady wins the race kind of thing with Henry because I know for a fact, I mean, I, I sent them offers. Matt and Courtney were really patient with Henry because weeks five through eight, they were fielding trade offers like crazy for yes. Derrick Henry. And they shut every one of them down because they wanted to keep them. So good on them for, for sticking with 22. Yeah, they had a really good team. It just came on a little too late for them to get into the playoffs. They were – I remember that last seed was right there. Um, but, you know, with A.J. Brown and all those guys, they had, they had a really good team. It was just a, they just didn't get hot quick enough. Well, and it was kind of a nice thing for them too because for, for the majority of the season, for the first 10 weeks, really they were the ice bucket contender. It was them and Rish. And then they really separated themselves from the pack coming into the last, you know, five, six weeks of the season. So they, they moved into fourth from last when for a while there, it looked like they were probably going to be the ice bucket winners. I think if, um, I think what would turn their luck around this year and you, I don't know if you would agree with this, but if uh, Courtney decided to bring some of the nookies cookies, you know, to the dress, I think that could give their fantasy team the extra push um, to, to get into the playoffs and, you know, just throwing that out there. All right. I've, I have to admit, I have never had a Nookie's cookie. I've heard of I've seen this stuff on Facebook. Uh, is it, are they that good? Oh, they're awesome. They're really, yeah. Highly oh, recommend. Cookies and cream is um, amazing. And they make a, uh, I really like the frosted animal crack or cookies, you know, they make yeah. like that. Um, yeah. They're, they're as good as you would expect. So I highly recommend them and I highly recommend that they show up at our draft somehow. Thank you. Wow, free publicity for uh, Nookie's Cookies. Yes. All right, uh, next up is Strong Side. Man, I mean, for sure was um, was uh, Suggs trading Risher and Antonio Brown for uh, Luke Keekley is who it was. And uh, making that move through all that chaos, you know, just seemed crazy at the time after that one week with Ant- Antonio Brown. But, hey, Strong Side came out on top on that one. Yeah, John and Matt were kind of like uh, Mike Tomlin with the Steelers, like just yes. let go of AB as soon as possible. Yes, that was that was wild. Smart on them. Uh, the next team, the Almond Brothers, James and Blake. Man, they got they drafted Cortland Sutton in round nine, and he ended up as a wide receiver nineteen. So he ended up as a top twenty wide receiver. I mean, I don't know, you can't ask for too much more um, from somebody you're drafting in round nine. So that was uh, that was pretty special. So good on them. Yeah, good good job picking Sutton. Uh, I know they traded Sutton to Jake, who then traded to me. So Sutton kind of became 
like the hand-me-down. But, I mean, making that great pick and then trading him, make, trading Sutton away is what sparked James's new policy. James announced, I don't know if it's on the podcast or what, but they will not be making any trades this season. That's right, yeah. <laughs> All right, last up, Ryan Risher. For Rish, um, I put that he got Zeke at pick six. So I, throughout all the, all the craziness of the season, if you remember at the beginning, the holdout and everything with Zeke seems like years ago. But uh, that that was a good pick pickup for Rish, getting him where he got him uh, at the sixth pick overall. He, he returned good value for Risher. Speaking of Rish, usually we like to talk to the Ice Bucket loser, winner, whatever you want to call them, after the Ice Bucket video has been released, sometime after the Super Bowl. Uh, since we haven't recorded in some time, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk to Ryan Risher. It's been a couple of months. Not really sure what his uh, eating habits are now that uh, we're all stuck inside. But let's talk to you, Ryan Risher of Dragon Energy in this week's Call of the Week. It's time for the Call of the Week. Rish. Yo. How you doing? Man, I am going nuts. <laughs> I got to get out of the house. <laughs> How are you doing with the the whole quarantine life? You, you know, this is you think this would be my dream life, sitting at home eating snackies all day. Uh, but let me tell you, this chubby boy is ready to get out in the world. I miss it. <laughs> Rich, are the, the snacks that you eat at our, our fantasy draft, is that what you're you're consuming these days? Dude, I would eat some Slim Jims like they're going out of style, but I would trade it for a hug from everyone in our fantasy draft. And, and I just miss hugs. I miss all y'all. Is it safe to say, though, that with, like, with this whole COVID-19 thing, they're saying that the, handsh- the handshake might go away. We might get rid of that in society because it's just not very sanitary. Are, are you committing to getting rid of the, uh, the famous handshake with Jordan Iwanison? You know, I'm sure Jordan would say that because he's, he's a, you know, being the socialist that he is, I'm pretty sure that uh, in his communist mind that would be the way to go. But um, I'm an American. I love my country. So, no, I will handshake. But I'm sure that he'll come in with gloves. Uh, and, and and trying to shake my hand, but you know I won't I won't do that. You better take them gloves off. He's gonna shake my hand. Rich, take us back to the uh, the end of the Titan season and uh, what you thought about that, how it ended, and everything. Oh man, I was so sad. I was so depressed because I really thought this was our year. I thought we were going all the way. I hate that it ended, um, but I'm also very happy because you know this has been so long since I've seen him go this far. Uh, but you know, I, I think next year we're gonna have a much better year. I know you and Pace and, and, and Brian are the draft gurus in our league, but uh, quickly, what do you think that they will address in the, the upcoming draft? It's almost impossible to say. I, I don't know. One thing I think is going to be interesting is how many wide receivers may go this first round this year, and will that give us an opportunity to snag either a great offensive lineman or a great defensive pass rusher? Yeah, What and – what do you think about the Titans passing on Brady and, and locking up Tannehill? I know it's probably unpopular, but I really – I hope I'm wrong. I think we'll regret it. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it seems like that time when we passed on uh, Manning when he went to Denver. You know, right. I just – it just seems like we should have, you know, made the attempt, but I hope I'm wrong. Right. What do you think about Henry as well? Do you think they'll get him the big extension or – I think that this is going to be a telling year. Um, I, I, I think that they need to play out. Maybe they'll have enough, you know, cap room. They can play out this franchise tag. And, uh, you know, just depending on what kind of year he has, you know, depending on whether or not we want to sign him a big contract next year. 
Pace, what do you think about Henry? You think he's going to – Well, actually, the news just broke about 20 minutes ago, according to ESPN and Adam Schefter, that Henry just signed his franchise tender. So $10.2 million he's on the books for this year. So that prevents any type of, like, Le'Veon Bell holdout scenario. Right. Okay. Henry, Henry saying he wants, he wants to be a Titan. So, I, I, ideally, I think for me, pay Henry two years, $22 million, $24 million. And that's basically the equivalent of giving him the franchise tag over the next two years. Don't give him a long-term three or four-year deal. That hasn't worked out for anybody. I'm with Pace on that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's go back to the uh, fantasy draft, Rich. Did you prepare a lot this year? You know, a lot of us, you know, came on the podcast, and I think even I remember Jake saying it. I know we said it, that you had the best team, you know, post-draft. What? Uh, take us back to that draft. Well, you know what? To be honest with you, I was very frustrated because I felt like across the board, people who I really relied on to make bad picks were making really good picks. And so I felt like that I was actually kind of frustrated with the draft because there's a lot of people I'm like, you know, I feel like this is a safe point. I could probably get that. And as soon as I was thinking that in my head, someone would say his name and take him off the board. So I really was banking on a lot of people to do things they shouldn't have done. And people were very much going, um, there was, I didn't see a lot of people reaching this year as much. So it really made it hard for a decent draft in my opinion. Yes. Take us back. Also, I want to know about the whole Antonio Brown trade. Um, I think we might've heard Chuck's, you know, version of this, but walk us through that trade. What was going on? I remember exactly where I was when all that happened. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, tell me your side of the story on that trade real quick. Well, I had Zach Thomas on my bench, and I mean, I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but I, I mean, unfortunately, I was kind of banking, you know, that guy's probably going to have an injury. That's a horrible thing to say. I'm sorry, but, you know, we're talking fantasy football. Let's be honest here. And so I was like, okay, I, I could deal him, and I bet you anything somebody would bite on Antonio Brown because the percentage of him playing is pretty low. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And Matt, uh took the trade and I mean I had no insider information or anything next thing you know the guy's hooking up with Brady and it looks like they're going to be BFFs right yeah and you know it I was like wow I'm really on to something <laughs> so my thought was I'm going to let this guy play one game and let his value rise and I'm going to trade him to Zach <laughs> <laughs> I had this whole great plan and that guy couldn't keep it together well I, I don't think he really did anything else right other than the fact that of what already happened and, and the information got leaked. So I didn't, I was not able to quickly enough uh, trade him to you, Zach. So uh, it ended up biting me in the butt and uh, <laughs> my team just continually got worse. Yeah. When, when did you know the moment that you know, or that you knew that you were destined for the ice bucket? You know, towards the end of the season, um, I got so distracted uh, you know, I, I, and, and this year, hopefully I, I can, you know, <clears throat> come up with a solution to uh, be a little bit more focused towards the end of the year. I noticed I, I didn't play a couple players towards the end of the year. That one kind of hurt me. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I have a chance of getting the ice bucket. So yeah. I dropped down two or three places quickly and that was scary. And uh, I deserved it. Yeah, I deserved it. What, what is your response? I'm not sure if you've seen in the Facebook group, but uh I feel like you have a little criticism for your video. Uh, for their oh, not, yeah. There not yeah. being any ice in the video. Um, it's so it's I, just the leftist news out there. You know, you got Jordan Awanison yeah. who, you know, he just continually brings fake news. He's a terrible um, 
you know, fantasy football player, and, and he, he's going to come out and he's going to attack me because uh, that's what he does. And uh, he comes out and says that I, I didn't, you know, fully – the water wasn't cold enough. It's never good enough for these guys, you know, but that, yeah. that's what they do. They, they, yeah, what, they, spread, they spread that. Where would you, com- I guess, rank your video compared to the other ice buckets? The best. The best? The 10. Oh, no. It was a 10. It was the best. Pace, what do you think about this? I I mean, Rich is confident. You know, I I would say the same about my own video. Yeah, wow. I mean, at least Jordan's was was good, but mine mine was a 10. Oh, dear. Tell us Jordan's about them. was a nine. I was a ten. I'll say I'll I'll say Rish, mine was was literally a ten because I did t- I did ten buckets. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, Rish, tell us about the boys. Were they excited to be a part of it? What it, I mean, explain to them uh, or explain to us kids, how you told them. We did this before church. Um, my kids were shaking with excitement. They <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing. They loved every second of it. Um, so there's there's no conversation like, hey, your daddy's a loser. Uh, they don't they do not know why they they don't know why they did it and i wouldn't tell them they're like dad why are we doing this i'm like just stop asking questions just do it (laughs) i was really upset about it and it was so cold outside and i I know this is dumb but i I, i've never i I didn't do the whole ice bucket challenge thing whenever i was online it was popular that is the worst feeling ever it's already cold outside it is the most excruciating it's like there's pain and then there's the feeling of getting ice water dumped in you in the cold. It is awful. That is the worst feeling. I never want that to happen again. I will never finish and last again. <laughs> All right, Rish. One last question. What can you promise? What can Dragon Energy promise for this upcoming season, this fantasy season? Well, it, 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 it woke me up. You know, during this whole Rona scare, I've been able to sit at home and <laughs> – eat a lot of beef jerky and eat a lot of uh, beefaroni. And you know what? I have been thinking, I'm ready. Uh, this is going to be my year. And I can tell you that, A, I will destroy Jordan Awanison's liberal team. And um, I will not be in the bottom. All right. You heard so it here have, first. We have commitment, though, that Rish is coming back to CMB next year. Are you going to be dragging energy again? Are you keeping the name? There may be some hidden surprises coming up. Oh. I think that there may be a change in our front office. Whoa. I like it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Changing the front office. All right. Well, Rich, thank yeah, you're you going to have your ownership, but you got to bring in a GM once in a while. Oh, whoa, whoa. So there could be a new, in addition to the team. You never know. Okay. All right. Well, Rich, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you soon. You're welcome. All right. Once again, Zach, that was Ryan Risher of Dragon Energy officially returning to CMB next year. It sounds like and uh man rish he always every every time we've ever had him on this podcast he always finishes by saying something to the effect of hey something's up my sleeve surprises are you know in store no one you know he always leaves us hanging yeah i feel like last year not so much but this year i feel like there's a renewed uh desire within rish for fantasy I, I really feel I feel that way after our conversation there. Um, I'm not sure what he's got planned. You never you never do. Um, but I mean, did it sound like he was going to add somebody? Yeah, no. So I saw I saw one time I was watching this television show where someone was trying to quit smoking and somebody was trying to like give up a bad habit and their way to like resist the urge to smoke or to do something like a like to give into their vice was they would stick their face and their head into a uh, pool of ice water. 
and it kind of re- it refreshed their their brain and it kind of like it was like a slap in the face to not do that bad thing so i think the ice water was rich's like wake up call to not and he said it himself to not you know finish in last place yeah yeah who do, i mean who do you have at the top of your uh, ice bucket like of, for real for real oh of, of like the best ice bucket videos yeah best ice bucket I mean, I'm one of those like never vote for yourself kind of people, but I have to say mine probably has been the best of everyone just because of like the level of production. I mean, it was like a, I mean, I probably could have submitted that to the Sundance Film uh, Festival. You know, it was, it was one of those, like it was a 12 minute production. It was like a Michael Bay film. So yeah, I, I have to say pace in your face. Yes, it was great. I, I'm giving you the first overall place in the ice bucket competition there, uh, video competition. Last place. I'm not giving it to Risher. I'm giving it to Jordan Iwanison when he dumped a uh, Dixie cup yeah. of ice on him, on his chest. It <laughs> wasn't even on his head. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree, man. Like the, what Rish was saying about how painful it is to get ice water dumped on your head, I have to agree. I mean, mine, I, would, I, I, mean, I can't speak for Rish's pain, but mine was so bad just because, I mean, it literally came from another, another level. My dad <laughs> dropped ice and water from a two-story building, and it just – it's so cold and it, it, when it hits your head, it's so hard. So to see Jordan pour that cup over his, you know, covered chest, it just, I don't know. I, I, I have to agree. He's, his was last. Yes, definitely. Um, I don't know if you remember pace where I put uh, in the Facebook group about us viewing the video now of Rish or waiting until the draft. And uh, it seemed overwhelmingly that everybody wanted to see it now, but what are your thoughts on potentially waiting until the draft and hearing everybody's reaction, you know, in person, I thought it would be kind of fun. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's sort of a catch 22 because like you want them to record it during the winter time when it's cold. Yeah. Right. But if you, if you wait until the draft in August, then people could probably just do the ice bucket in July or August even. And it's like refreshing. So, right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things where like they send you the video before the Super Bowl. And then right. You yes, exactly. The other problem we're having here is like, you know, people are saying Rich didn't have ice and, you know, Jordan had a Dixie cup. Like we need a cooler of ice being dropped on these people, you know, or, or we need some type of like, we need some kind of plan where there has to be like an official or a referee that's there on site (laughs) to like confirm. I don't know if that's you or whoever like wins the league has to be there. I don't know. It seems, it seems like we need some type of way to like vet this whole process and make sure it's legit. Yes. I would say, I would say three of the five have been legit. Yes, I would say there will be some definite pressure on whoever the ice bucket uh, champion is this year. So, but yeah, we appreciate Rish hopping on. I know this is like a crazy time for everyone with with COVID nineteen, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because COVID nineteen, no one really took this seriously. I think the, the the thing that made everyone pause was the cancellation of March Madness and the NFL draft. So the the draft is still going to take place. But it's going to be, at this point, it's going to be a totally virtual draft where teams have their warrants set up and they may use something like Zoom or use some other application. But uh, there will not be a physical in-person draft like there has been in the past. When, when Zach, when was the moment where you kind of was like, where you, you thought this is a serious pandemic? When I got an alert on my phone saying that the NBA season had been canceled or suspended. Right. So that's when it, I was like, whoa, you know, at that point. Yeah, every, I mean, NBA, NHL, everything is canceled. You know, high school and college graduations are not taking place. 
I mean, just, it's so bizarre, the amount of things. And, you know, I can't speak as being a a subject matter expert on this at all. I I know as much as everyone else, but when you listen to everything that's happening, it makes sense why we're doing this. Uh, I just, you know, you hope that this quarantining and the social distancing can end as soon as possible. Uh, Because rumor has it that, you know, the NFL season might get pushed back. I don't know if you've heard any of that, Zach. Yeah, I have not. I have not, but I was, I'm curious as to what they'll do. Yeah, so if anything, you know, hopefully this is gone by start or midsummer and that the NFL league year will start on time because, I mean, I can handle there being a virtual draft, NFL draft, that's, that's not a, a big deal. I mean, I say that. If this would have happened last year when the draft was supposed to be in Nashville, oh, man, I would have oh, been so upset. That would have been awful, yeah. Yeah, so, I, you know, hopefully this doesn't do anything to the NFL season. It's kind of the perfect timing for the NFL I mean, it totally ruined the start of baseball season. It ruined the playoffs for the NBA and the NHL. And it ruined, you know, March Madness for college basketball. But this is right in the middle of the NFL's offseason. So they're kind of like, the NFL is sitting pretty right now. Yep, they are. So let's talk about this, Zach. So COVID-19, things are not crazy right now. I mean, the worst thing that's happening is we're getting some events canceled and we're all stuck indoors. I mean, a lot of industries are, are taking this, taking big hits here, uh, revenue-wise, and, and some people losing their jobs, unfortunately. But for us, I mean, not a whole lot has changed. But in the event that something crazier took place, we start losing power, we start losing water, we start, you know, riots in the streets. I mean, a total apocalypse, Walking Dead type scenario. I'm curious, which team in CMV would you want to spend the COVID-19 apocalypse with? This one's easy for me. Uh-oh. All right. I want to hear it. It's our call of the week. It's Risher. This guy, you know- I mean, I, I lived with Rish um, back in college. We had an apartment together. I forget that. Yeah. And uh, I think Jake was, I can't remember if Jake was a part of that at the same time. Um, but we all lived in an apartment together. And man, Rish is not going to be short on food. And um <laughs> I feel confident that I would not go hungry living with Rish. So I'm picking Rish. And then he has a lot of like non-perishable stuff too. Like beef yeah. jerky lasts a long time. Yeah. Frozen Slim corn gyms. dog. Exactly. Spray on butter. That's good. Like that. You know, you'll be okay. Yeah, I like that one. I, mine was, so I picked uh, Jeff and Rob Gaw. I picked the Tecmo Power Runners for a few reasons. Two heads, better than one, obviously. So I get two people. Um, and so... Th- you know for a fact with Jeff and Rob that you are not going to be annoyed. You know when you were a kid and you'd like stay the night on Friday night at Timmy's house and then Saturday morning rolls around, you're eating breakfast. You're like, oh man, last night was so much fun. Let's, let's, let's do it two nights in a row. And then you call your mom and you're like, hey mom, I'm going to stay at Timmy's house one more night. And yeah. it's like by the end, of, by mid-Saturday, you're like, all right, I want to go home because you've been with that person for so yes. long. yes. Yeah. I don't see that happening with Jeff and Rob because I see them not really saying much. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that. You know, they're, they're always going to be prepared. They show up at our drafts completely prepared every year with written notes. You know that Jeff is financially savvy. He's going to work the stock market if that's going to exist in this apocalypse. Rob's going to keep you fit and in shape. So Whoa, I just and he has a lot of chocolate on hand. Oh, wow. Yeah. These are all great points. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm all, I'm all in on the gauze, you know, and, and not including Chase, of course, because he's a part of Big Orange Bullies, but I'm all in on Tecmo Power Runners. That's who I want to spend the apocalypse with. I, I like it. That's a good choice. Good choice. 
All right, Zach, um, let's, let's call it quits real quick before anything crazier happens. And uh, we'll move forward. I mean, I don't know, the league schedule is being pushed back, so that might push back some more podcasts. But we'll try and keep you all posted periodically throughout this. And uh, hopefully nothing gets pushed back in the, uh, the NFL. So um, this has been episode 132. Thanks again to Rish for joining us. And uh, Zach, anything before we close? Nope, that's it. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.